Hey everyone, it's Raheel. There's only seven days left in the 2023 Texas legislative session and bills are flying around. But which ones will impact us? Texas Tribune politics reporter James Barragon joins me to lay out which bills could get passed in the upcoming week. It's Monday, May 22nd. I'm Raheel Ramsnali, and here's what Houston's talking about. James, welcome into CityCast Houston. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Oh, man, I'm so excited to have you on to talk about the session. And before we jump into that, I just got to know, being in Austin for as long as you have been, where's the best place you've eaten so far? Oh, my gosh, you're really <laughs> you're really putting me on the spot. Uh, my <laughs> girlfriend has recently turned me on to uh, the Donata Taqueria in East Austin. It's got Mexico City style tacos. It's very, very good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, I got to check that out next time I'm up there. So the legislative session is set to wrap up on May 29th. For listeners who might not know, can you briefly outline how this is all going to come to an end? Well, I think that's the million dollar question. I think (laughs) so many people in uh, the Capitol building are wondering exactly that. We've got a couple of big major issues like property taxes, uh, school vouchers, um, you know, some of these anti-trans bills uh, and tenure, uh, diversity, equity and inclusion in higher education. Those are really big, like social issues that are, you know, really coming up on the deadline, uh, which is on May 29th on Memorial Day. They're still unresolved. There's a lot of talk going on behind the scenes. But, you know, the governor has already indicated there if, if there is no resolution uh, that he is satisfied with on issues like school vouchers, uh, what they're now calling education savings accounts, that he will call the legislators back for a special session. So there's a lot of things still up in the air. I think everybody's working frantically behind the scenes and in the floor uh, in the House and Senate to try to resolve some of these issues. Yeah. So what what about that special late session? Like, what does that exactly mean and how will that work? Yes, yeah, so special sessions are called by the governor. He's the only person that is allowed under the Texas Constitution to do so. Usually the lawmakers meet once every two years for about five months and they do all their business way ahead of time. The only thing that they're legally required to pass is a balanced budget. Um, and then they could theoretically go home. But of course, they want to do other laws. Um, If they don't get to any of those laws or if they don't get to certain priorities or if there's an emergency, uh, the governor can call them back for a determined amount of time. Uh, He has done that in the past. In 2017, uh, we came back for the bathroom bill special session. Some folks might remember that. They also tried to take on property taxes that year. Uh, We came back for three special sessions uh, last, uh, last time the legislature was in, in 2021, when they're trying to pass those voting bills that really affected Harris County and Houston. Um, and so we, that's what we're looking at. The governor would set the agenda. So it's a little bit different from a regular legislative session when the lawmakers mm-hmm. could just throw whatever they want at the wall, uh, and see what sticks during a special session. The governor says, here are the items that I want you guys to focus on. And he can keep them here uh, as long as he wants or as long as it's feasible uh, in case the the legislation is not moving to try to make that happen. Gotcha. So before we jump into some of the bills to watch out for here in the final week, I just want to know, like, what steps are taken for a bill to become a law? 
Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, every bill starts off as, a, you know, a piece of paper <laughs> written mm-hmm. out by uh, your state lawmakers. It goes through, um, you know, public input that's given at committee levels. Uh, these are public uh, hearings that often on controversial bills can go until very, very late into the night, midnight or even uh, later. Um, you know, you can have hundreds of people come out and testify in favor or against a bill. It really is to give the public some input. Then they're debated on the House and Senate floor, um, and they have to be read and approved three times by uh, both of those chambers. And they have to be approved by both of the chambers, the House and then the Senate or the Senate and then the House, depending on where the bill originates. Uh, And once the bills get approved by both houses, they get sent to the governor uh, to see if he wants to sign it into law. And some mm-hmm. people get confused uh, thinking that he has to sign it for it to go into law. It, there's also uh, a veto period. I think it's like 20 days or something like that, uh, where if he doesn't sign it but doesn't veto it or have any objection to it, then the bill goes into law anyway. And so that's oh. the basic process of how a bill becomes a law. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. So what is all the holdup right now, right? Republicans are controlling both chambers. So just from the outside looking in, it just feels like, okay, uh, everything is going to pass in their favor, right? Well, sure. Yeah. Republicans do hold majorities in both chambers and Republicans dominate every um, aspect of statewide uh, politics in Texas, for sure. But there are different priorities for the House and the Senate, which is something that if you follow Texas politics, that's, you know, talked about a lot. In the Senate, you have Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick from your neck of the woods, who is uh, a much more socially conservative, uh, like sort of dyed in the wool, cultural conservative, trying to push social issues like the, the, the ban on abortion, for example, um, anti-trans LGBT bills, uh, these book bans that have uh, what they deem is sexually explicit content, uh, the bans on drag shows, things like that. That's sort of what the Senate uh, is focused on under the leadership of uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Also, um, election bills uh, that make it more stricter laws in the state for voting. In the House, they're also focused on some of those issues, but not as much. They're uh, they're focused on how to bring more business to Texas, how to convince big corporations to come to Texas, how to fund public schools, how to um, you know um, create better infrastructures and roads and water. And they do want some of these socially conservative issues. They passed uh, the open carry law uh, or the constitutional carry uh, law for guns. Uh, a couple of sessions ago in the House, um, but they're less, you know, they're less, uh, I guess, hardened by that. They're open to flexibility and making compromise and, you know, you know, the horse trading that we are accustomed to seeing. In the Senate, it's very, very rigid. And so that is the clash of ideas that we're seeing right now. Uh, the House is very important for them to pass these infrastructure bills, to pass these public ed bills, these higher ed bills for funding in higher ed. And the Senate wants to see their 
more socially conservative issues passed, and they're having to really battle it out right now. And that's what the big debate is about. Gotcha. That makes sense. So y'all have been doing a great job on the Texas Tribune covering the Texas legislative session of 2023. So in the final seven days, tell me, what are some of the most contentious bills that we should be looking out for? Yeah, well, I think school vouchers, um, this idea of giving public dollars to parents for their kids' private school tuitions is one of the biggies. Uh, The governor has made this a priority issue for him. This is something new that he has never been this vocal about supporting. He's been up and down the state. He stopped in Houston um, to, to make his pitch. And it's run into a lot of opposition in the House from rural Republicans and Democrats who say, uh, even the rural Republicans say, hey, this doesn't work for us because there are no private options for us in our districts. The public school districts are some of our main employers, and we're worried about the impact that it could have not only on our districts, but also on the funding of public education and public schools throughout the state if you start pulling funding away from that for Mm. uh, private tuition. So that's a biggie. Property taxes, the House and the Senate. Senate are far apart on how to provide property tax relief. The governor has said he wants to give the biggest tax cut in state history. I would put an asterisk next to that because there's been lots of fact checks saying that that you know he, he really couldn't do that. Um, but both chambers really want to deliver on some type of property tax relief um, for Texas homeowners. They just have very different ideas about how to go about doing that. Um, and they're, that's one of the main things that they have to hammer out right now. The other big things I think I mentioned are the higher education bills, this diversity, equity, and inclusion that the Republicans are trying to get rid yep. of in higher education. They're trying to get rid of tenure in higher education. Again, the House and the Senate are very uh, at odds about how to do those things or how far they want to go on those things because there could be very real repercussions for um, retention of faculty or even recruitment of faculty if those things go into place. And then the other thing to watch out for is these bills targeting transgender uh, folks in Texas or that are, you know, perceived to target transgender folks um, like these bills, uh, you know, uh, regulating drag shows, uh, which, you know, just just as a side, you know, drag artists are not all transgender folks. Um, that is a form of art as they see it, um, but they are sort of lumped in there with those attempts. And, you know, some of these issues are very hot button issues about whether transgender athletes should be able to compete in collegiate sports. And so those are things that are getting hammered out here in the last couple of days. How about anything regarding abortion bans? Are those still up for debate right now? Are those still being pushed through? Well, that was one of the big surprising things. You know, when it was election season, we saw some flexibility from Republicans um, about creating a exceptions to the abortion ban for rape or incest um, or for clarifying the law as to when doctors could help a a mother who um, had a what they would call a life-threatening situation because some doctors were nervous about when they could start providing that care because they didn't want to be tagged as someone providing an abortion and then get in legal trouble. There was during the election some talk about hey, should we do something like this, Uh, including a think from, um, you know, Republicans like Bob Nichols um, and Governor Abbott talked about it some, but those discussions have gone absolutely nowhere. My colleague just wrote about that. Um, There's just been absolutely no discussion about abortion or any abortion bans. Um, I think it's an issue that Republicans are uh, very comfortable just keeping at bay and not discussing and just leaving it as it is. 
You know, the other big story in Texas recently has been the mass shootings, right? We've seen so many in our state. And Governor Greg Abbott has said multiple times that preventing mass shootings starts with mental health care. We constantly ranked towards the bottom of mental health care access amongst all states. Are there any bills right now to address mental health care and access for Texans? Yeah, I mean, sadly enough, I think every session that I've covered uh, has followed um, a mass shooting, like a major mass shooting in Texas. Mm. And every time uh, we come back and there's a discussion about mental health, uh, which is necessary, um, and this year is is no different. Um, there's a bill in the Senate um, to provide $15 million in funding to provide mental health care for children and families who need it. Um, they're seeing that as a response to trying to tackle the mental health problems that Republicans say are to blame for these mass shootings. Um, uh, and so that's the major vehicle, I think, that there is to try to address um, some of if we can address potential red flags early on, I think is the hope, um, then we can prevent these uh, mass shootings. But there has been no other talk in terms of any type of gun control or gun safety bills other than this mental health discussion that we've had over the last couple of years. Wow. Just wow. I want to go back to the property tax cuts. What do you think ends up happening with that one? Oh, gosh, if I knew that, I'd be paid a lot more money. <laughs> but so look, the, 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 the Senate wants to increase the homestead exemption from 40000 to $70,000. Uh, they say that's a $30,000 increase in the homestead exemption that will help out so many people. Plus, there's an additional, I think, $20,000 in savings for people who are 65 years or older and own their homes, right? So they see that as the solution. The House wants to cap appraisal rates at 5%, um, and they see that as the solution. The two chambers are definitely at odds and have not been quiet about their disagreements. The wow. House recently just passed a version of the Senate bill, which raises the homestead exception up to $100,000, which was surprising because uh, it's even more than what the Senate wants to give, but also puts in that uh, 5% appraisal cap saying, I think signaling, like, if you want this homestead exemption increase, you've got to play ball with us for the thing that we want. So I'm going to be, it's going to be curious to see how that gets itself sorted out. I think we'll probably end up somewhere in the middle there. And who knows what happens with the appraisal cap rate. But, you know, Lieutenant Governor has been adamant on social media, on media interviews that he wants his version of the bill passed. Um, and it's going to, it remains to be seen uh, where the compromise is going to be, if any, on this bill. And he's the other thing, too, is that Governor, Lieutenant Governor Patrick has said that he can force a special issue. Now, under the Constitution, like I said, Governor Abbott is the only one that can call it. But if the lieutenant governor uh, has a bill that he thinks the majority of the legislative body wants passed or that Governor Abbott wants passed and he can kill it or not bring it up for discussion in the next week and a half here, that is one guaranteed way for him to force uh, Governor Abbott to call a special session so that they can come back in here and have discussions mm -hmm. about the issues that he wants prioritized. James, what's it been like covering this session? 
Uh, you know, like all sessions, it starts off a little slow, and then the last two months are a whirlwind. So I just feel like I saw a tweet earlier that's like, every day I feel like it's Thursday, and <laughs> indeed, that is how I feel. I'm just like, what day is it? It's it's. Uh, there's been a lot of action. There's been a lot of twists and turns, and I expect that there are more twists and turns to come in the next uh, in the next couple of days. Absolutely. Make sure you follow James on social media and, of course, read the Texas Tribune section for the 2023 Texas Legislative Session. It's been a lot of fun to follow and very interesting. James, thank you again for taking some time out to educate our listeners on what's to come in the next seven days. Of course. Thank you. That was James Bargon. You can follow his reporting at texastribune.org or click on the link in our show notes. Before we go, we've been talking a lot about the bikeability of Houston, and today's the first day of the 2023 Houston Bike Summit put on by BikeHouston.org. The purpose of the summit is to bring more attention to bike-related issues and to educate the city on street safety. The three-day summit kicks off with a showing of a new documentary on street safety called The Street Project and ends with a social event on Wednesday honoring Mayor Turner for his commitment to making Houston more bike-friendly. You can learn more at bikehouston.org. That will do it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you learned something new. I promise. I know how to count, James. I just, I just <laughs> lost my spot on that document.